everybody. It's Sunday, and what a Sunday it is. Nice and gloomy, just like yesterday, but it's rain, and we need it. The farmers need it. Um, we want to get way ahead in case we don't get rain again the rest of the year, like what happened last year. So hopefully we'll, at least it's not snow. <laughs> That's the main part of it. It's not snow. Hey, you doing, Rochelle? I did it again. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. There you go. Rochel, um, Rachel. I'm, I'm doing good. Good. How was your week? It went by super fast. Oh, me too. The munchkins in Alaska has landed. Oh, nice. The grandkids and my daughter. And I picked them up yesterday morning at 6.30 a.m., which is good. You know, it could have been 4.30 a.m., but Mm -hmm. that's the time I did get up. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, put the final touches and stuff. I did put some eggs bakes in, so when we got home, we had something to eat. And so the grandkids have landed and, and let it go here forth. So it's like, you know, if anything, it's, you know, we go from there's hello, hello, hello in the house. You know, there's not much going on in the house. So mm-hmm. hello, and where's everybody? Where's everybody? Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun. So so hopefully they're listening to the show. I said I'd say hi to them all, you know, when I got on. So hey, Will. Hey, Hollis. Clem. And hi, Ninu. Hi, Audrey. And then, of course, my daughter, Cassandra. And then Will, I don't know where he is, my husband. He might be <laughs> might be in the barn doing chores or whatever or whatever. So, so anyway, so hopefully they're gonna listen to the show a little bit. Got some trivia questions, got a riddle. My um, grandson Will's getting into riddles and so is uh Clem or aka House. And so hopefully I've got to do a couple riddles for them. And then we got trivia, of course, and of course, hopefully you guys got questions. Being that it's a rain day yesterday and a rain day today, I think everybody's probably swinging from the chandeliers mm-hmm. going, oh, Kyle, God, take me away. This is getting nuts. But everybody thinks that you got to walk and walk and walk and walk your dogs, you know, to get exercise. No, mental. These days are great trick training days, you know, brain teaser days, you know, where you're going to have fun, you know, teaching the dog something. And usually, like if you started yesterday afternoon, 10 to 1, if with, uh, your dog has got the gist of it by today. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Not doing it for hours. You just want to, you don't do anything more than three times and then move on to something else because you get, it gets redundant for the dog and it gets redundant for yourself. So anyways, so hopefully you got some great questions being that, you know, you, uh, who knows? There's a lot of people that go out and are you a walker or a runner or anything yeah i i run personally okay. but and i'm kind of hoping to one day train my puppy to when he gets older to run alongside yep. me can't do that till after two years old mm-hmm. when their joints seal okay and how is your puppy doing he's he's good he's it was a, a, a week I'll a say week. Yeah. <laughs> why uh, what was going on um sometimes he just and he has that puppy energy you know oh you bet and he'll get sometimes he'll get bursts of energy that it's just like uncontrollable right um it's called of, the zoomies yeah and one of the things um i was hoping to ask you actually was about jumping on people because uh-huh. mm-hmm. we live in an apartment building mm-hmm. and there's lots of people with lots of dogs right. and he is a puppy of course so he right. wants to hug everyone he wants to jump yep. up on them mm-hmm. now everyone's comfortable with that you got that right and well deserved no dog should be jumping on anybody mm-hmm. not even you so what you just got to do is like when either somebody's coming down the hall or whatever you're going to stop and then you're going to put your foot on the leash you know both feet how big is he now He's like 20 pounds. Okay. He's big. So, yeah, so you can one or two feet. And what you're going to put the feet, the foot, is uh, about when you stand on the leash, if he's standing on all four, his head should be dipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if he sits, the collar goes loose. Or if he lays down, the collar goes loose. So, anytime you like, don't wait 
because you, until you get this nip better, don't wait to see if he's going to do it. If somebody's coming down the hall, or, you know, what I mean, or outside or wherever, just go and stand on the leash because immediately it's going to be immediate reaction to his action. So that you just stand there, you know. I mean, pretty soon he learns to sit when you see somebody instead of jump out you know, type thing. It's just going to be, it's going to evolve. It's what's going to do. Mm-hmm. Same thing like when somebody comes in the house before you open that door, you say just a minute, and you're facing east and west. Peak companies coming in north and south. So people walk past you and you step on the leash. Okay, because that's the first thing to do. Because pups, you know, their focus point is that of a gnat. (laughs) Your goal is that pretty soon you can ask for a sit and the dog will be mindful of that and won't leap. Right now you want to get him so that he doesn't even think about jumping anymore because it's an immediate reaction to his action. Because if you wait and he's in air and you go to bump him, it's too late. (laughs) So that's why just get good at stepping on the leash and just, you know, use a nylon leash or whatever type thing so it doesn't get all dirty like when it's yucky like this. But that's the main thing. And just give them a uh uh-uh. You know, like, that's wrong. You know, just stay calm, stay stay steady. And then if you want somebody to come up and pet him, stand on a leash. You know, so that he can't leap out at them. All right? And so you're going to be, you know, think ahead of the dog or the pup. What is your pup name now? Gus. Gus is right. Okay. And anyway, so you just got to, you know, you got to be the leader and show him what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and think ahead of him. I know he's going to do this. So I'm going to uh, divert that by doing this, okay? And so then before you know it, you got him thinking like that too instead of screaming and yelling at the dog. You know, knock it off, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, just stand mm-hmm. on the leash. Mm-hmm. And so don't wait. You know, like I say, let's say he's been doing really good. You know, remember attention span of a gnat. <laughs> and so until he's about a year and a half, two, you know, you're, you got to be ahead of him. And then pretty soon you're going to notice, yes, when somebody, if you stop to let somebody come down the hall and go past you or whatever, he's always, he's going to sit and like, okay, he's going to be, you know, he understands he doesn't get, don't let them meet in the hallway or meet, you know, anyway, that you're just to pass in the hallway or pass on the sidewalk, you know, dogs going in and out of the building. Mm-hmm. Don't let them, you know, and just say, you know, if somebody looks like they're going to let their dog come into yours, they just kind of, you know, turn away from them and say, you know, we're in training, you know, so then hopefully the people will rein them in and just keep on going. Is that what do people normally do? Um, it's kind of mixed. Okay. Um, some people kind of let their dog come and sniff my dog. Yeah. Other people just, they, they're focused on their dog and right. saying like, okay, ignore him, ignore yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so what you just got to do, if you got to, you know, see an owner that's just going to let the dog do whatever they, you know, just be a willy-nilly dog. Mm-hmm. Say, excuse me, we're in training and I'm trying to teach my dog to be polite. Can you rein yours in? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they might give you that look. Well, maybe they need to think about that because yeah. just because their dog is friendly doesn't mean another dog will be friendly. And that dog can get into somebody else's face. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be lunch <laughs> and yeah. it's not going to be fun. <laughs> so maybe you can train the owners. <laughs> yeah, That's what we do is we train owners. We don't train dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's just stay ahead of the game. Now, today what we're going to talk about is uh, why do dogs bark and why do dogs growl? Okay. And then how to discipline a cat if a cat is being naughty okay um or if cats aren't getting along together or they're you know being naughty to you or or they're up in the count the counter because a cat disciplining a dog and a cat is two different well you should know that two different things what works for a dog a dog does not work in the cat mind so we want to talk about that why do dogs bark and then why do dogs growl and what you should or should not do and then how to discipline a cat correctly. So hopefully we'll get to that today. And I'm hoping, being that you're kind of locked in, <laughs> that hopefully you got some great questions for me. And so, okay, we're going to go to break. We're going to uh, give a holler, 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071.
1071. All right. And then let's see. Oops. I, uh, where am I here? Okay. You ready for this? What are the names of the two stone lions in front of New York Public Library? Myself, I didn't even know they had names, but oh well, I've been to New York so often, you know. Not. Okay. Okay. We got patience and fortitude, humility and kindness, prudence and integrity, or honor and courage. What are the two stone lions in front of the New York Public Library names? We'll be right, right back. Hello, thanks for sharing your afternoon with the Gaty Canine Show. This is the 20th year, isn't this something? Who would have thunked it? I'm sure happy for it, I'll tell you that. Okay, that uh, the names of the two stone lions in front of the New York Public Library. Patience and fortitude. Excuse me, humility and kindness. Prudence and integrity or honor and courage. Which do you think it is? I think it's patience and fortitude. They sound like lion names. Patience and fortitude. Ding, 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 ding. Patience and fortitude are familiar and beloved icons for New Yorkers and visitors to the city. They were modeled by a sculpture, Edward Clark Potter, and uh, carved from pink Tennessee marble. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, In 1911. So there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Patience and fortitude. So if you're ever in the New York uh, City... And you happen to see those lions. Just stand there, and as people are by, passing by, ask them if they know their names. And if not, you can enlighten them. Yeah, see, there you there go. You go. And then you make a new friend. But see, I know that's what, you know, Minnesotans are so happy or so chatty because we always got something to talk about, the weather. And then yep. road construction. <laughs> and then, then uh, the, the plowing of the roads and the potholes. We got always that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's up to bat? All right, we've got Amber on the line, and she's got a question about bringing another cat into the home. All right. Hi, Amber. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. How many cats do you have now? I have one cat who's about five years old. He's a boy, okay. and um, he's been fixed. Okay. And I also have a dog who's a cavalier, okay. and she's 10 years old. And she gets along with the cat? Um, You know... The dog doesn't really like the cat, but he doesn't really have time for the cat. Okay. So it works out. I mean, the cat really likes the dog. The dog doesn't like the cat. They, they, they're fine. Okay. Um, okay. Not really worried about my dog as much, but in the past, every time I brought a cat, another cat into a house, our house with a cat, yeah. we've had spraying. Yeah. And inevitably, it gets very out of control, and I ended up getting rid of my cat. All together, never going to get them again. And then my husband and daughters got me my cat for a Mother's Day gift. Okay. Which I love them. And now they want to rescue another cat that we've seen at Chuck and Don. Okay. And I'm just so nervous. Okay, is the one, okay, who did the spraying, the existing cat or the new cat? Neither one. I haven't got the new cat yet. Oh, no, I no. When you, tried, when you tried this before, you said you tried this before. Yeah. So who with, um, with different cats, like 10 years ago. Okay, with, with, uh, not with the cat that you have now. Correct. Okay, okay. And so now, with the cat you're looking at, is it male or female? Female. Okay. You have a higher chance of this hat working, in a way. Uh, most of the, is this cat real friendly, the female? She is friendly. She is um, she's about one years old. Okay. And uh, she's a rescue at Chuck and Don. Okay. And she um, she they say she's shy, but she gets along with other animals. Okay. Uh, did, did it, did it. So she's shy. Okay. 
Um, but that what I would uh, the blending cats. See, cats are meant to be independent. They don't do well. Like dogs do better in a pack than they do in in, in you know independently individually, uh, because they they dogs run in a pack order. But whereas a cat is like you know leave me alone. I'm here. You remember that's why they like to get above us because they're cool and we're not. <laughs> All right. And so by blending this, if you do it right, there's a possibility. There's no guarantees, no matter how you do it, but you got to have a lot of patience. I know people that it's taken three, four, five months to, to blend in a new cat, right? Whereas, let's say now you, you should have a room or a cat tower, you know, an all-wire cat tower, and then you put the, the new cat in there, or the let's say you have a spare room, you know, be a makeup, you know, you got the litter box and a bed and all that kind of stuff for the new cat. And if possible, if you could put a screen door on it so the cat can see each other from across. But anyway, so then the thing is, is that what you do is you put like the new cat in the kennel and then put it and let the, your, the, your cat come out and smell. All right. And then that, then he goes away and then you let the dog smell. Okay, and then now the new cat goes into the bedroom or whatever room that you're putting them in, all right? Mm-hmm. And so then um, you're gonna, when you do that again, what you're going to do is, you know, put the cat in the kennel, but then now open the room so the dog or the cat can go in and smell, you know, that room, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of bouncing back and forth and a lot of smelling and so that until everybody quits hissing and gets a little bit more comfortable. But make sure that it, when the new cat is in the kennel, you know, um, not an all wire one. You want a plastic one because you want you know okay. if with all wire one, the cat will really feel vulnerable. It's being caught at by all uh, ball, I, being harassed by all sides. <laughs> and so this one here, where they can see, you know, they can clearly see through the front of it. You know, with the wire in the front, and then you got the slats on the side, so the cat feels a little bit more comfortable. Okay, and then um, what you're after is that. Okay, remember, it's just always just the other cat, then your existing cat, and the, your, the new cat. And then the existing cat goes away, and then the dog comes in and has time to do his sniffies, okay? And then what you can do is take, and this is what I'm worried about, though, because if she's a flighty, scaredy cat, she might run and hide, and you ain't finding her. <laughs> so then I would put her back in the room. Your goal is is that you can put your cat in another room and the dog in another, or on a leash, you know, so that, mm-hmm. and then let the new cat be able to kind of go and sniff around your house. One mm-hmm. thing that happens is that people don't think of, usually in a lot of people's laundry rooms, if they're down downstairs there they have open rafters and some cats have learned learned to find that and now are walking through the rafters in the inside you know in the house and so make yeah. sure you blocks things like that where they because if a cat is really scared they're looking for high and out all right and so that's right. why you got to block those so the cat can't get in there and if you, you, you no matter if you're locking the cat in there or not i mean when the cat eventually gets some freedom here we don't want her to try to get in the, and then you got to start knocking walls out to get the cat <laughs> Okay. okay. So you got to look for escape, you know, because females are a little bit more on the wary side than the the males are, and uh-huh. Uh, uh, so where they they have a tendency to be a little bit more spookier, and uh, they you know they warm up a little bit slower. I've had more luck with male cats, you know, having the personalities. I've had you know out of all the cats, which I've had a lot, out of all the cats, there's a lot of females. Um, maybe three, four of them were actually really cozy, cuddly, and wanted to be a part of us. But like I say, so that's the whole thing is that, you know, blending the cat, if you do it right, you know, let's say you do do the bedroom and you put a screen door, you put the feed, you know, when it's time to feed. So the cats are kind of, you know, looking at each other, not up close, but you know what I mean, where mm-hmm. they're eating, but kind of looking at each other. And so if you let them slowly evolve, you have a higher chance of success 
than okay. uh, if you just you say, here you go, everybody get along. <laughs> and that might help with the spraying and yes, stuff? Yes, because they do that because they're, uh, you know, it's uh, cats feeling um, the, out of territory, all right? Uh-huh. And so that's what they okay. do is they start bl- um, marking their territory. And so what what's going to happen here by do blending them slowly, then you have a, they're not going to be as agitated, you know, and as worried, and then there's probably a, a, a higher chance of less spraying. All right. Okay. But there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. So it just depends on the personalities that you get. That's the main thing. Okay. 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 But that's a whole thing. All right. Well, we'll give it a call. Give it a try. Do it slowly. And then, like, sometimes have your, you know, the existing cat out. And then, you know, you're petting that cat while the, the new cat is in the kennel. And then sometimes if you put your cat in the kennel and then let the existing cat be out. You know, uh-huh. Just do a lot of, you know, uh, because cats, you know, let's say they start fighting or they're hissing at each other. A lot of people, what they do with the, the cat that's hissing is they get mad at them. Knock it off, bad cat. You better sh- shame on you. That's the last thing that you want. When trying to blend cats, you want both cats feel like... Even even one cat's hissing or, or whatever is the you got to good things have to happen when they're together. But if you start like spraying water at the cat that's hissing or whatever or yelling at that cat, even though he's causing the problem, he's going to think that you get after him. That now bad things happen when that other cat is around. I really don't like that oh. cat now. All right. Okay. So that's okay. what we we're going to talk about today is disciplining a cat because it's totally different than a dog because cats have they have a mind like a trap. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll listen. Then. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing is that you just you've got to be able to think like a cat. There's a book out there. It's called Your Cat, Your Cat, and it is by Your Cat. Let's see. Uh, that's Ayla. No, not that one. Um, dee, 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 dee. I can't remember it right now. I don't know. Maybe Rachel can uh, look it up. It's called Your Cat is a, da- a Vet. I can picture the book. I can't picture now her. Uh, da, 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 da. Hodgkins. Yep. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> ding, ding. Jinx. Hodgkins. H O D G K I N S. Hodkins. Okay. And you can get it online. It's cheap. It's a big book. And I think it's like okay. 14, 15 bucks. And that will help you with a lot of things. And, uh, you okay. know, uh, behavior wise, feeding wise, vet wise, and the whole bit. All right. All right. Well, thank okay. you so much. Well, good luck. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yes. Disciplining a cat. Well, since we've got this call, <laughs> might as well address it right now. Just like what I said, because I was of the frame mind, if two cats, uh, you know, are fighting, you know, get after the cat that caused the fight, like maybe blast them with water, get in there and, you know, and make it a scary situation so all the cats run. Uh, that's the wrong thing to do, is what you got to do. Just like now, my Sally and my Adeline, uh, Sally was tormenting Adeline, whereas Adeline was out there, boy, she'd uh, like come running at Adeline, boy, I'm going to kick your butt. And Adeline would run to the, you know, front door. And, uh, anyway, so then what happened uh, is that I, I would get, bring Adeline out, put her on the, on the front steps and I pet her and Sally would kind of, kind of come close and I start petting her. Ah, uh, uh, you'd be nice now. No hot, no growling, no growling. Come on. We're being buddies. Yay. We're petting, we're petting, we're petting, you know, over here and then over there. And then I picked up Adeline and put her in the house. Okay. So we just ate a little introduction there. Okay. I'm not going to like get up and say, no, you'd be nice and go back in and leave them to themselves. And then, like, some cats, you know, the same people get the spray bottle out. The only time I use a spray bottle on a cat is if they're scratching on something they're not supposed to. 
Or if they're on the counter, then I'll give the and then I'll blast them and then they'll take off. Okay. But I never do it when they're having trouble with another animal because we got to try to blend them. And I don't, I want them to see the counters or something bad or scratching on that bad. So that's why I can use a discipline there. But then now, like I say, if it's two cats that are, believe me, I've heard that so many times. That's a pretty good imitation. (laughs) But anyway, so then it's like, hey, 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 guys, we got to get to the, we got to be nice here. Oh, yes, we have to be nice. Now, this is another thing, too. Everybody calls their cat kitty. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Folks, why do kitties or cats come to the word kitty, kitty? Because that's what you're calling them, even if they have a name. All my cats have a name. Sally, cat with a K. We just call them cat. Okay, and then we got Walter. Then we got Adeline. Then we got Squigs. They, they come to their name, and I'll explain why after the break, okay? Pinto Colvig is better known as the original Barney the Dinosaur, Ronald McDonald, Bozo the Clown, or Tony the Tiger. We'll be back. All right. Thank you. Hey, lines are open. Give a holler. 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. Okay. Pinto Colvig is better known as the original Barney the Dinosaur, Ronald McDonald, Bozo the Clown, or Tony the Tiger. I'm going to go with Bozo the Clown. Ding, 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 ding. Wow, we're batting too. Mm-hmm. You got help over there? No. no Pinto Colvig was... It, sound, the, it sounds like it would fit him. You there know? you go. Pinto Colvig was the voice of Bozo the Clown on the 1946 record album that introduced Bozo to the children of the world. The, uh, the album came with an illustri- illustrated read-along book, the first of its kind, and stayed on Billboard's best-selling children's record chart for amazing 200 weeks. That's pretty doggone good. COVID also played Bozo on the t- first TV version. Bozo's Circus, which debuted on KTTV in Los An- Angeles in 1949. In 1956, Larry Harmon bought the rights to the Bozo franchise and sold local versions of the show to multiple markets across the U.S. By 1959, he had 100 Bozos in the United States, plus clowns in Germany, France, and Japan. There you go. I was never a Bozo the Clown person. Personally, I'm, you know, I like some clowns. <laughs> but I know the, some members of the clown club. And it's just amazing when you, you know, when they when you get to be around them and see how they play their character and such like that. Mm-hmm. It really is amazing. So it's pretty cool. But anyway, so 651-641-1071. Please, hey, it's a rainy day. I thought the lines would be lighting up left and right because you don't have much to do. So, getting back to disciplining the cat. All right. So, remember, what we don't want to do is that, like I say, we don't want to, uh, if the dog or the cat, you know, are are, are doing the meow, meow, meow to each other, you got to diffuse it by, you know, hey, hey, try to pet both of them, talk very kind, stay steady. And then there again, kitty, kitty. Okay, I named all my my cats, and people just think it's really strange. What do you mean? Your cat comes to the name. Well, they learn their name, and that's the same thing with you. You don't call kitty kitty. Every time you see a cat, you know, don't call kitty kitty. Ask the owner what's the cat's name, and, and hopefully the owners are using the cat's name because there's people that come out to our place and they oh, here, kitty kitty. I said, no, 
We don't have a kitty kitty here. We have a cat with a K, <laughs> but he just comes to cat. And anyway, so all my cats come by their name. If I want Adeline, I call Adeline. I want Walter, I call Walter, and they come. So if you're very persistent and consistent, your cat will come to their name. And no matter if you have, like I got five cats, okay, and they all know their name, and they come to their name. So, um, you know, like I'm closing up the barn. And, and now this time of year, I always close the cats up in the barn because you've got, you know, birds sitting on eggs and stuff like that. And I don't want those birds killed during the night when the cats are out. And so I tried my best to keep Mother Nature in balance with that. My cats won't be eating everything. But that it is it is a circle of life, I guess. So that's why, please, call your cat by the name, not here, kitty, kitty. And the reason why they get good at coming, kitty, kitty, because you say that more often than their name. And so then they just come to Kitty Kitty. So just FYI, all right? All right. And then um, uh, remember back at cats, too? Uh, if your cat, check your cat's uh, doo-doos in the litter box. They look hard and dry. Like they are, you know, they're going to, that would hurt to do that one. Your cat needs more, get him on grain-free canned foods. Next to dry foods, usually cats start getting crystals, the males especially, you know, between seven, uh, six and eight years old. And uh, sometimes it waits to, to about 11, 12. But if you feed a good grain-free canned food uh, or some raw food or some freeze-dry food, rehydrated, you know, uh, give them some of your eggs, some of your hamburger. You know, my cat, Adeline will eat anything that's not nailed down, all right? And that's good. I started her out from the beginning because she was born on the farm. And that's what you want. Cats take change hard. But feeding dry food dry and you just leave it out all the time, what happens there, they, now the food is getting stale because air, when it gets so just like dog food, if you leave it out uh, and had the dog just nibbles on it, it's uh, the air is making it go stale and rancid. And so that's oxygen is uh, dry food's biggest enemy. So what you want to do is you have set feeding times, once in the morning, once at night. And then that's when you feed the cat, feed the dog, whatever type thing. But your cats, you know, if they're having like hard doo-doos or if they're like you're, you just got died, not you, the cat, had uh, crystals in the urine, the best thing you can do is you get them on a good grain-free can. And Nutrisource have got great canned foods. But everybody in the canned food, unfortunately, industry, especially cat food for some reason, is having a hard time with manufacturing with the cans and such like that. That is the time. They're always having trouble. And so that's why, like I say, try giving them some raw, a pinch of raw hamburger. Try to give them some cut up uh, raw chicken. How about some sardines in, uh, in water? So that's what you want to do is try to figure out another diet for your cat and then try to find, like I say, the Nutrisource got awesome. But I also know that it's kind of getting a little bit tougher, but we can do it. We can do it. Just stay the, stay the course. So that's the main thing is that uh, uh, if you see your cat drinking water, folks, that is not a good thing. If you're a, a little lip here, a little, little, little there is fine. But if your cat is drinking, 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 that screaming, his system is out of whack. He can't drink enough water to compensate for the dry matter you're giving him. So I would strongly recommend if you want a healthier cat, if you have a diabetic cat, don't be giving him at dry food. Dry food is at least 50 to 60 percent carbs. What do carbs turn into? Sugar. What is a diabetic supposed to stay away from? Uh, carbs. So we don't have the sugar. So that's why if you do the grain-free and the raw and such like that, that should bring your cat's number numbers down huma, huma, just ginormously, right? So that's why you got to think, okay? You become your own advocate for your cat. And then think about it for a little bit, all right? And you'd be, be surprised on, on what you can come with and have a healthier cat. And then they don't, they're not shedding all the time. Cats that shed all the time, it all has to do with their diet. And so you get them in that grain-free or some raw meat and such like that. Remember, cats are true carnivores. 
carnivores, true carnivores, whereas, uh, oh, they just want meat. End of story. They eat birds and mice, birds and mice, birds and mice. That's it. All right. And that's what you want to do. All right. Okay. Who's, whoops, she's on the phone. <laughs> I stopped my mouth and what, whoops. <clears throat> okay. We got somebody to talk to? Yeah. Um, oops. We've got Jamie on the line. She's okay. got a question about cats um, calling or calling your cat and okay. if they know the difference between the owners calling them. Okay. Hey, Jamie. Hey. How you yes, doing? I was just calling to see, do cats uh, know that different, um, like my husband and I have different ways that the cat reacts to. You bet. So he, when he gets up, he's always meowing at my husband. But when I get up, I feed him give him his food, but then he doesn't continue to meow to get more food. Does the cat know the difference between what people will get for him? Well, it's just just like he doesn't get anything. Dogs, as as many cats, train us owners. If they make enough noise, meow, 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 meow. It's like, what, what, what? what Here, have some food, more food. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, cats have a more, a higher... How do you really want to say this? They have more sounds that they work with in communication than a dog does. If you're looking, re- listen to real carefully to how they, they may start out with a meow, meow, and then you, there's influxes in there because, like I said, I've learned that through having so many cats. But, uh, yeah, and so the, and your tone, uh, like, you know, my, if my husband goes to call the cats, you know, they'll, they'll perk up and they'll look at him. It's like, not so much. I don't think that's our Katie. <laughs> you know, and so they, they do. They, they learn the tones of the different people in the house on who's calling them. Okay, and they also know who they can bug that you know to get more stuff from, just like dogs. You know, one uh, person would uh, is like a really uh, a easy mark <laughs> that no matter if the cat or the dog bugs them enough, they'll get something from being bugged. <laughs> and then there's other dogs and there are other cats that knows that hey, my, uh, you just ate, deal with it. I'll catch you later. <laughs> you know that okay. people are there more matter of fact. They they know how to, they know how to the cats and dogs are very good at training their owners. Okay, that's good to know, just because it was different of how he would explain if he wakes up for his morning routine versus mine. So it was just one of those things, do we train him not to continue to meow at him for time or well see that well see the thing with that is that there's a reason because when you feed dry food it's like remember if we eat too much carbs it's like we're always hungry and we're never full right but then if we start being more mindful and eating more healthy we're not as hungry in between breakfast lunch and dinner and so with the carbs it seems like the cat is always meowing because he is he's hungry because carbs are like chinese food is great going in love it but in two hours you're hungry right and right. so that's why you've got to find that stuff that have more fatty to it to maintain. So that's why grain-free canned foods are really good or introducing, you know, the hamburger, the, you know, uh, the chicken. Real food will keep them fuller and they won't be ab- obnoxious about getting food from you. All right. The, the, okay. the, the set morning. Right. He's on canned food. So we sometimes give him a little dry food in between, but usually it's canned food. Okay, great. And then, but then I'll try some real food, like some, you know, like I say, cut up uh, uh, chicken, uh, hamburger, uh, things like that. Just start out with a pinch here and a pinch there, you know, with whatever you're feeding him. But um, that's the main thing. But there again, the, drinking the water, that's when you know your cat is really starting to tank if they're drinking a lot of water. You should never see a cat drink water because uh, okay. uh, and that's that's the major key that you better get off the dry, all the dry food. But, all right. Okay. Perfect. Thank okay. you. You betcha. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Yeah, that's the big thing with cats. So it's so easy to just leave dry food down and just walk away or the automatic feeders. And so what happens is that then the, the indoor cats get fatter and fatter and fatter because it's all carbs. And it turns, well, not all, 50% to 60% carbs. And then that turns into sugar and sugar turns into fat. Now you got a cat that, you know, I had one cat. I'm, you guys have all heard this story if you've been with me since for the 20 years. Uh, Bubba, Bubba was 38 pounds and Albert was 32 pounds. All right. And I mean, they could, you know, Bubba could barely move and he had bold front legs from being so fat and his, there was no ground clearance between his belly and the ground. And I got him down to 17 pounds, but it took over a year and a half to get down there. And he was a carb addicted. It took me almost a month and month and a couple of days to get him off all the dry food and totally under the grain free canned food and then into some raw and in some, you know, so it, it just takes time, but you got to be diligent. And I was lucky that both Bubba and um, as fat as they were, I hopefully skirted uh, diabetes that I didn't have to, you know, we got them start gotten, you know, getting them down. And you don't want cats to lose weight fast because they can get fatty liver disease. All right. So you just want to do it. But like I say, my Adeline will eat any. She's she's my what are they? What's that? Uh, the uh, the vacuum cleaner that goes Aruba. Is that what the vacuum cleaner yeah, is? Aruba. Go, uh, Aruba? Okay. Mm-hmm. She's my Aruba, and so is Gilligan. You just heard him after the kids dropped all uh, yesterday and this morning. Boy, she's going all over the place, picking up all those crumbs, I'll tell you. Okay. Who, who, oh, we got Let's go to break, and then we'll come back, and we'll uh, answer some more questions. So don't touch that dial. Okay, let's see. Where are we at? Da-da-da-da. Oh, there we go. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, let's see. What, what poison do apple seeds contain? What poison do apple seeds contain? Uh, let's see. I can't even pronounce half of these things. Okay, let's see. Stri- strychnine? Uh, what is that? R-I-C-I-N or arsenic? Okay, well those, which of those three does, uh, of which, uh, for apple seeds? We'll be back. Hey, thank you again for sharing your Sunday afternoon with me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, where am I at here? Oh, there we are. Okay. Okay, What? which poison do apple seeds contain? Strychnine, cyanide, resin, I-C-I-N, or arsenic? Which do you think? I'm going to go with arsenic. Yeah, see, that's what I thought, too. And it wasn't. I was oh, wrong. Man. It was cyanide. Hmm. Apple seeds contain about 700 milligrams, uh, 0.02 ounces of cyanide per kilogram. So about 100 grams, 3.5 ounces of apple seeds would be enough to kill a 154-pound adult. However, an apple seed weighs 0.7 grams. That's 0.02 ounces. So you would have to eat 143 seeds to get that much cyanide. Oh man! Well, they say a doctor or a or a an apple, apple a day keeps a doctor away. <laughs> it might just, just bring to, you to the doctor. But see, you know the the um, apples. I see on the average have a, at least three four seeds in the apple, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess most people just don't. See, I always thought them. it was arsenic. Yeah, but no, it's not. It's cyanide. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay, that's my excuse for not eating apples anymore. Other than the <laughs> fact that I can't eat apples because of my teeth. So I like the apple taste. I love what are they called? Like freeze dried apples, mm-hmm. but they they're fluffy. They're not hard. I don't right. know how to explain it. They're kind of like chips. Yeah. Well, yes. In a way, yeah. Soft chips. Mm-hmm. 
Christmas. But anyway, okay. Okay, who's up next? Okay, we've got Mary on the line. She has a dog who's been biting his feet, and she received medicine for it, and she wants to ask you about that. All right. Hey, Mary, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. What kind of pupper do you have? Uh, well, he's a Bichon mix. Okay. Um, not really sure what he's mixed with. He's 11 years old, and we've had him for 10 of those years. We kind of um, took him from another home who couldn't take care of him anymore. So. Oh, thank you for rescuing him. It's nice. Yeah. Okay, so what's going on? Well, he's been licking his feet a lot the last few weeks, um, and I noticed they're almost getting, like, really, really red and almost bloody. Ooh. And then I noticed um, his ears looked really, really red. Okay. Um, so I decided to take him into the vet on Friday. Um, and he's not really had any allergies in the past much or anything. He's always had, like, pretty good health overall. Mm-hmm. Um, took him into the vet on Friday, and they said, you know, it's, pro- it's um, the actual diagnosis was allergies, seasonal, and then he had ear infections. Oh, um, both ears. Okay. Um, and so they said he should take Apoquil. Okay. Um, and they gave me that. So five, uh, for the first five days, he takes one tablet every 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then um, one tablet every 24 hours in the PM for okay. the rest of the time. And I think it's like a two weeks. Okay. And then some uh, wipes for his feet called um, Mocket. Okay. Mocket. Mocket. Wait. You and me with words. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering, then I, but when I got home, I read what it actually is. It's an immunosuppressant, and it made me a little nervous, and I was seeing some pretty negative comments about this medication, yep. the Apoquel, mm-hmm. and, but some that were not so negative, but had Plus and minus sides to it. So right. I'm hoping that we don't need to keep him on this for long term or anything. And I'm thinking, could it be, could we help with his diet or. Right. Um, See, what you got to remember, and this would everybody hopefully heads up, uh, dealing with allergies. Allergies is a malfunction of the immune system, which is usually caused by over vaccinations or feeding the exact same food all every single time, time, time or b- b- pounding the system with uh, flea tick meds on or in them or the heartworm you know i mean it's it's a conglomerate as the, the older the dogs get their system gets weaker from what has happened up to that point all right mm-hmm. and see like your apropil or even like when if a dog is itchy too much they'll put them on steroids all that does mm-hmm. is mask what's going on it doesn't mm-hmm. take care of what is the problem what's causing it and that's what you've got to do is figure out the cause and so usually we first start with the food whereas we try to get them on a good rotation diet some dogs are so broke that I just tell them, pull them off of all dry food and put them on like a, a dehydrated, a freeze dried, a raw, you know, a little bit of everything. But the more you can rotate, then the healthier the dog is, number one. And then mm-hmm. incorporate, because now my Gilly gets some, gets some Nutrisource, but then I also give him some raw. I also give him some, you know, and, and several. It's, whoopsie daisy. Sorry. Okay. And then, then I don't feed raw with the dry. If I'm feeding raw, it's just raw. If I'm feeding freeze-dried, it's just freeze-dried. Or dehydrated, just hydrated. Processed, okay. just processed, okay? I don't mix them together. So, like, they're, they're Gilligan's two days a week, he gets, you know, Nutrisource. Okay, and I rotate that. So that, you know, not, the biggest thing is rotation. Now, what food have you been feeding? Um, well, he probably started about 
I don't know, a year ago mm-hmm. on this um, or, Origin, mm-hmm. O-R-I-G-E-N. Oh, yeah, I know Origin. Yep. Senior. Okay. Um, we were at a friend's, and he they were feeding that to their dog, and he really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. well, I don't remember what he was on before that. Okay. We try, we try to, um, in the past, we've tried to change the, it's dry food, but we try to change the different, um, you know, whether it's salmon or beef yeah. or we tried to stay away from chicken, but I realized this does have chicken in it, so yeah. maybe that's causing issues. That could be because what chicken is kind of, uh, and now pork is, is the new filler, you know, type thing. It, it's a way mm-hmm. to get the protein level up. And so what I would try is uh, a couple of things. Number one, a Nutrisource has a, a, a very rare food called Pure Vita, P-U-R-E-V-I-T-A. And what it is is a single source protein where what it says duck is only duck, turkey it's only turkey, beef it's only beef. Right, so there okay. is no hidden chicken in there. Okay, so I would rotate over to one of them. Maybe try the turkey and sweet potato first. Okay, ro- ro- mm-hmm. small, you know, get small bags. All right, and then mm-hmm. um, I would uh, then rotate into so try to do so. You get you got you're making a hamburger. Uh, give him like a tablespoon of raw, you know, hamburger. And his dope, mm-hmm. not while you're cooking, because then he's going to buggy in the kitchen, right? right. You know, you're going to go over to his boat, save it until after you're done. He does that already. Okay. <laughs> and so what you want to do, though, is that we want to rotate his diet and quickly and as much as possible. I would put him on some supplements. You got a piece of paper and a pencil? Yep. Okay. You want to do some probiotics? Yeah, we've been doing that, actually. Okay. For which, a while. But did you rotate the probiotics? You don't stay with the same probiotics. Because uh, no, <laughs> and we don't give it to him every day, like a couple days, a couple times a week. Okay, okay. Um, but no, I guess we probably should. Yeah, then he's been on different kinds in the past, but this one lately is what we've been using. Okay, and then you keep them, and then when you open it, you put it in the refrigerator, right? Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. And then you also you want to do a digestive enzyme. Okay. Okay. Then also extra virgin. Oh, I mean, you can do extra virgin coconut oil, like a teaspoon a day, but build real slow to that. Like take about a week and a half to build to a teaspoon. Okay. Because that's yeah. for the good fats. All right, and mm-hmm. then it helps with any inflammation in your the dog's gut system. And then because okay. he's got ear infection, uh, uh, the organic apple cider vinegar. Okay. I would do build to a teaspoon a day for two weeks. And then just do a teaspoon like once or twice a week after that. Because that puts a good flora in the gut. And then there's another th- new thing. Uh, Nutrisource came out with Kapucha, Kampucha, C-O-M-P-O-O-C-H-A. And it's got what's called postbiotics. It's got the pre prebiotics and probiotics in it. And it's an awesome for their gut system. So it's called kombucha, and it comes in uh, beef, turkey, and chicken. I think it is. It's phenomenal. You know, it's uh, you keep it in the refrigerator. It's like bone is bone broth that you could put on the food. Okay. Oh. Okay. And so I would try some of that. And on the package, it tells you. You know, it's resealable, but the kombucha is really, really good for the digestive. You know, for the for the gut overall. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but anyway, is so the I, Nutrisource Pure Vita. Yep. A dry food. Yep. Or? Yep. Okay. It's a dry food. Yep. But so that, but what we're going to do is get them off of the dry, dry you got on now. Cause that, what you're feeding, well, that was a good food. But the thing is, is that we don't want what we want is just one meat. Okay. And that's why so just, it's just going to, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you try out, start out with the turkey. And it's a twist off thing. And so then after you, you take out what you want, and then you twist it back on and put it in the refrigerator. And it's a mm-hmm. bone broth, which everybody's good, healthy with bone broth. 
All right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. And, and like I say, with the Aperol and such like that, if this was my dog, I wouldn't touch it. I'd change the, di- change the diet and then work from there. And then also to rethink your vaccinations. I would not put a flea tick on this dog. I, you know what I mean? So the whole thing is you got to get the chemicals out of this dog. And then also mm-hmm. like lawn, if anybody's a lawn happy, chem happy person around you to keep that dog off of that, because that's another problem with the whole mix. Right. Oh, and so, that should be what aggravated that we did just have our lawn. Okay, life. there you go. Yep, that's that's a huge thing. Huge. Uh, seventy percent of dogs that live in chemical lawns, okay, uh, get, uh, I have a seventy percent chance of some form of lymphoma. And mm. so, anyway, so I would never do. You know, I'm a total. I'm a dandelion nut. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah, we might we might have to work toward that for no more this. Yeah. So should should he still continue on this medication? I mean, I that's totally to up. That's it. I'm not a vet. That's up to yourself. Yeah. I just gave you some okay. ideas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I also read about doing like the iodine foot bath. Well, now you're getting heavy here. Can you hold on? We got to run to break and then we'll come back. And so don't hang up. So we'll discuss this more. Okay. 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 